0: Hi everyone. I'm John from Paralect, and I'm here to get today with a special guest, Alex Schor, who is the first CTO and co-founder of Paralect, as well as an advisor to the Paralect Accelerator Program and the founder of the Dipe Creator Economy Protocol and Vidai, an income sharing agreement platform for aspiring IT professionals. Did I did I cover everything that you're working on right now, Alex? Uh
1: yeah, like it it's enough. Like we're working <laughs> on a couple of more projects, but these are enough. These are enough.
0: <laughs> All right. So can you fill us in a little bit on the latest news from either Dype or VDI? Because I heard I read a couple of months ago that Dype had a new funding round and you guys are um eyeing up yeah. some new, new campaigns, new ideas.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we recently raised 2 million, uh, of a, a new funding round for DAP. We also closed half a million for, uh, Vidai. Uh, it's, uh, like not yet announced. Uh, so we just keep it like, uh, we, we just don't bother actually about announcements of the rounds. Like, uh, yeah. we just don't think it's that special. You know, right. and uh, and uh, but yeah, it's it's still a very important milestone. So like uh, for us for DAP, and uh, we uh, we are already expanding a lot. Like because like we, you know, we, we have like such a broad vision and such a, but in the same same times very specific what we want to achieve. DAP is a, uh, is a protocol. It's not a like it's it's not a regular company. It's a protocol. It means there uh, will be a network, and uh, a network. It means it's ecosystem of players, of businesses, and so on. And we need to enable these businesses to build on top of our network, to build on top of this protocol, uh, other protocols to be able to join, and so on. So it's now a structure in different programs, like grant programs, investment programs. Uh, which we uh, will be funding from our next round and also from uh, the token side of, uh, of, of the AP uh, network. So this, there will be basically... You can think about the network as a new, like, virtual government to be formed and uh, the money to be created. And there is, like, a treasury which needs to be allocated for different purposes, like, let's say, different ministries for right. development of the network. For for like uh, for educational facilities, uh, for startup builders programs and so on. So and uh, and <clears throat> and we are now working mostly on this thing, and we're preparing for our TGE. It's basically uh, when we will release the token. Okay. Uh, it w- it's scheduled for it's scheduled for. Uh, November eleventh of November, uh, so it's already rather, soo- rather soon, and uh, and this is also like a very important milestone because it's not only will give us additional funding,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but it also will uh, will make our um, currency our our cryptocurrency available on the secondary market for right. and and this is basically will. Uh, be acceleration for the ecosystem, for the business, and also it will enable us to uh, incubate and launch more projects within an ecosystem and fund these projects.
0: Cool. So I first talked with you about DIP a couple years ago, and yeah. then the project kind of went into stealth mode for a little bit. Were there like some regulatory issues or... Were you guys just sort of waiting for the market conditions to be right for a bigger launch?
1: Yeah, yeah. So these are uh, all these things together, besides like uh, market condition. We uh, during like this, uh, it's it's called like bull market and uh, bear market actually. So mm-hmm. in this uh, uh, and during bear market, like during crypto winter, there's not much need to. I don't know, like promote project and so on. If you if it's still in the development stage, so we just mm-hmm. were focused on building stuff. We've built a lot of things and now we about to launch them. And this is like, uh, I think, productive use of time. So you yeah. when it's not efficient to do marketing, you don't do this. You yeah. turn into stealth mode. So we also had to figure out uh, what uh, our go-to-market. It's still very hard like to if you go-to market or uh, and find your protocol market fit. It's actually a new term, protocol market fit. It's not it's very different from product market.
0: Fit. Ah, yeah, protocol market. Got it. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So and like we were able to find it. So we 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 kind of did a, a, a pivot. But I mm-hmm. I would say it's not even a pivot. It's like when you have like a specific use case and then you expand a vision and take a look, what is a universal infrastructure for creation of these use cases? And what is universal problem? And first focusing on science allowed us to understand what is a common problem in creator economy and Mm -hmm. science is like very, well structured, very Mm -hmm. well like kind of funded as well, but still with huge problems and because of misalignments of incentives. So we were able to craft a protocol which is univer- which universally fits for any uh, uh, when any industry in creator economy, and which focuses on creators. So this is like we found out like this is the biggest um, design principle for a new economy. Uh, its biggest difference, uh, which needs to be put in mind, like when you design e- e- econ- uh, like economic model for any new industry, is uh, uh, unlike. Uh, with the current economic model where it's the capital in the center of the model. We put a creator in the center of the model. Mm-hmm.
0: It sounds fascinating. And and I'm I'm excited to talk more about the creator economy and sort of Web3. But first, I want to give some people a little bit of background on you because, you know, Parallect has grown uh, up to almost 150 people now. And a lot of those new people, you know, they've heard legends about Alex. (laughs) So I want to dive into your history here for a minute. And then uh, we'll talk a little bit more about VDI and and other options in in the creator economy later. Mm -hmm. So uh, you made the transition over the last like four or five years from CTO here at Parallax to the founder of DIP. And what were some highlights for you from that progression? What sort of things did you learn about yourself as as maybe an engineer and a leader at Parallax that, that allowed you to take that step? Mm-hmm. Uh Yeah, so
1: I always had like this idea in mind to, to lead a, a company or department and something like this. I always had these ambitions. Um, but what I learned like from this path, like is that uh, I realized a couple of things. Uh, i think i realized what's uh, required to be successful like with a uh, really high probabilities so of basically like a playbook uh of uh, how to be successful founder and co-founder and uh, also I realized uh, um how difficult it is like uh, from this journey i started i started to appreciate even, even more uh uh what Dima did like and what he's still doing like in his efforts yeah so I basically realized that in order to uh to feel happy about what you're doing like and uh and be successful which is kind of the same thing um you uh have to find your mission first and at least you have to be uh going into direction of your mission and or even not if not going at least like uh i don't know like uh uh climbing if not climbing at least laying in the direction of your mission so you need yeah. to be at least targeted to this thing and like and when you do uh know it or at least when you do know like that you are uh, uh, advancing towards it um, you kind of uh, it doesn't anymore any matter what, uh, like you're exactly building because you're building anyway into the direction of your mission, and you will be pirating, uh, to that mission. Like w- when you get closer, you will mm-hmm. g- gain, be more details, so, and like you just need to start, like, you just need to start this journey, start a business, uh, start a protocol, start a non profit, whatever. You name yeah. it, like um, start a project, which you will feel responsible for, you will feel ownership and, right. uh, and just go towards this point in space time.
0: Right on. And uh, from my understanding uh, of your time at, at Parallact, you were CTO here, but you also functioned as uh, basically CTO for a lot of the projects that Paralect was working for, uh, for yeah. clients um, and a lot of those products had less technical founders. That's why they, they came to Paralect. That's why they came to you and Dima uh, to execute the engineering side. So I'm curious uh, what you noticed being a, being a founder from a technical side. What were some of the gaps that you felt you needed to fill in or maybe there were ways that you were immediately in a better position to lead uh, DIP and VIDI because of your technical background.
1: Yeah, I think like this is uh, the last one uh, option because, uh, ju- but just because we have like very deep tech product, so I think like yeah. if, if when you have like technical background, uh, you have an advantage as a C- CEO. And founder of uh, uh, technical like deep tech projects, deep tech startups. Uh, um, but I also do uh, appreciate the other skills like which I kind of gained even more. But because like when I was a CTO in Parallax, I like, also was doing a lot of biz dev, uh, talking to customers. So I did pick up this skill even way way before. JP and um and that's why like i think like uh, i realized how important it is and uh, i also i always knew how important it is but i also realized but that sometimes like not having a technical skill can be an advantage so you do not like um uh, i don't know do not spend your capacity on things you have to delegate because you know like with in our company uh is cto and he's like uh making most of decisions on the tech and i'm making decisions on the vision and alex is making some uh, decisions like on architecture but like we like most of the times we we make like a, a uh we find a consensus uh actually like I think all the time we find the consensus, um, but uh, this segregation of responsibilities when you have like so, so T-shaped people in every position, uh, it, it, sometimes it's feel uh, we feel it's a blessing, but sometimes mm-hmm. we feel like it's it's hard because like you you have so many options whom you can give the task and you know it will be performed really well.
0: Let's talk a little bit about. Web3 tech and, and I guess blockchain tech as well. Maybe start with just what's the difference there? Um, it, it seems like Web3 is more of a buzzword now than blockchain was uh, and blockchain yeah. was a few years ago. So where's the dividing line? Do they uh, sustain each other? Define yeah, so those I, think, little
1: bit. I think like just Web3 is a better name for what's, what's happening as a blockchain. Uh, yeah. Before, so and uh, and blockchain like became rather toxic because of 2017. So, uh, but Web three actually like is not only uh, better but also more correct. Imagine that Web, web one was <clears throat> companies are producing content and selling this content. Web two is users are producing companies or uh, producing content, but companies are benefiting and capturing the value from this content. Web3 is users are producing com- content, users are being rewarded for this, uh, mm-hmm. not companies. Like, uh, And uh, this is like, what is Web3? And this is like actually why we think is the main uh, main, re- main kind of aim for Web3 is to enable decentralized creator economies. This is like the main thing which Web3 will give to the world, and that's why we, we kind of uh, realized we in the epicenter of these things happening uh, in the world. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it sounds exciting. And that's good to understand, you know, how those things are related and just for people that aren't as closely involved, Um, maybe for founders or creative people, or even engineers like here at Parallax, uh, I had an interview with Nikita Solasnyuk and he talked about his, Uh, interest in blockchain, which is real in crypto and Web3, which was relatively young, I think he's only been like into it for a year and a half or something like that. Um, So for people like that, who might consider building a product or a company, or working for a product or a company in the Web3 space, uh, what advice could you give them? for maybe getting into it? What are some things to look out for? What are some opportunities?
1: May I have a product placement here? Sure. (laughs) So like the best uh, option, how to get to the Web3 industry is to join Web3 Academy, Mm -hmm. either as a mentor or uh, a student. Uh, Web3 Academy is a bootcamp we're launching first in Warsaw together with Parallax. Uh, Paralect is a, a main partner for this initiative, but they are also Near Protocol, which uh, kind of already with us. So we just like uh, have to sign some agreements, the same as Paralightia. But uh, there's already um, uh, a lot of uh, uh, a lot of things we're doing together, and uh, both with Paralect and with Near. So Paralect is a crucial partner for. Web3 Academy because of the experience with Startup Summer, mm-hmm. I I, be, I believe that this is like very valuable thing like what uh, guys did with Startup Summer and like uh, they just brought it to totally new level, and mm-hmm. I think we can scale it and like uh, kind of scale it and 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 get some more value for Paralight as well for these, um, so and. Uh, and we will be providing uh, for this Web3 Academy also our expertise. I will be lecturing there as well. Yagor, our CTO, will be lecturing. Alexei will be lecturing as well. Uh, Alexei used to be lecturing blockchain in uh, in Belarusian University. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, now we like want to squeeze all this experience into this like short, rather short, bootcamp program. With just, it, it will be just three months. Uh, We now target this uh, period, and uh, with also release of a product in the end of these uh, courses, Uh, and uh, uh, I think this will be the best uh, option uh, for any developer to quickly onboard to Web3 space. We also will be helping uh, to get a job uh, among one of our partners, uh, like also from Web3 space.
0: Besides what you're building at DIP and Vidi and the Web3 Academy, uh, what excites you from sort of current Web3 products? And by this, I mean, I see a lot of JPGs of rocks on a blockchain, and I feel like that's not like a, a really impactful application of this uh, technology. Like the NFT thing doesn't make much sense to me. Can you? What what excites you? Is there, there's got to be something more than this?
1: Yeah. What is GPG? Uh,
0: like the 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 little pictures of rocks that are being sold on as NFTs on.
1: It's um... big. Uh,
0: I see. Yeah, 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 yeah. See.
1: yeah. So, like, this is the thing. So, uh, actually, the industry is. um very special, let's put it like this. So there is like <laughs> the industry is very special, so it's uh very polarized. Uh, uh on one side, we have like uh, those who speculate a lot and trade and um, making money in the industry, and on another side, there's like true builders, like innovators, inventors, and so on. And uh, and I think like um, it's still useful for this, like that. This NFT thing take off and there's a lot of like low quality assets, uh, uh, but it's still kind of uh, brings new people to the industry. People explore the industry, they come up with more meaningful use cases, <laughs> let's put it like this. Uh, you can imagine uh, NFT is a kind of, uh, uh, how to say, a, a box, I don't know, like a kind of a box. And in in the box, you have a payload and box is in virtual world. Mm-hmm. So, and you can put into this box anything from either vitru- virtual world, but also from the real world. It's harder to put it from real world because mm-hmm. let's put like this, there's like some unstable connection <laughs> with right, the real right. world from right. virtual world. And this is like a hard thing, how to attach this real value to this uh, box, how to put it there. And then you can operate with this box with uh, so many... uh, Like this virtual jurisdiction is very good already with working with these boxes. They can do like anything with these boxes, things which you cannot even imagine. They can like fractionalize it, put it on a smart contract. Like you can borrow stable coins by collateralizing these boxes, like with the assets inside it. There's like... Imagine this is like hyper-efficient ecosystem which can operate like with these like assets like tokenized assets really well it just don't have this asset yet it's just not yet there it, right. it's like and that's why it has to work with what it has and right. what it has is just like some purely virtual things like cryptocurrencies and nfts yeah. of uh, of jpeg like which has no uh, regulation whatsoever in the real world and yeah. but this is this is the reason why they first to take off in this virtual jurisdiction, because these, they don't have the strings attached to it. Like. But uh, once we have this new class of assets uh, on the chain, we will be able to uh, use all these beautiful technologies built like in this virtual world for the real assets. And that's what we're doing. We're putting intangible assets on the chain in these boxes. and And this asset can be anything. It can be like movie scripts, it could be source code, it could be inventions, and it could be scientific research. It could be educational curriculum. It could be uh, a creator itself. Hmm. It could be an, a teacher. So because mm-hmm. it's also like something which provides like intangible assets for these worlds, and creates intangible assets. So that's why it's so powerful, and that's why we're so excited about what we're building.
0: All right, I look forward to, I guess, seeing more more. I don't know if useful, I don't know, more logical applications uh, uh, of this idea because the NFTs that are out there right now, it's just, it seems silly. I don't know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, take a, Take an example of what we're building with, with I. We have sure. uh, tokenized uh, income share agreements. So, basically, income mm-hmm. share agreements is an agreement between, uh, like, bootcamp, let's say in students, that student will get an education for free and then will pay 50% of, of uh, his or her salary uh, mm-hmm. for a period of time, but not more, let's say, than 2x of uh, the cost of the course itself mm-hmm. and of the program. And this agreement can be put as an on an NFT. It's mm-hmm. it in it it only not only becomes a tradable asset. It not only allows to distribute curation fee because like with the NFT you can set a curation fee, which means that every time the asset is transferred or sold, the share of this transaction goes to the originator or like actually to curator. And curator can be a, a creator, or curator can be like. A, multiple, like, it can be DAO, of decentralized organization of multiple mm-hmm. people. There, it could be, like, anything, like, any model of distribution of these royalties. And this, um, this, by itself, it's already... This is what were not possible before blockchain, before NFT. Why? Because, like, it's impossible to track every transactions with right. all the assets internationally in real time. With NFTs, pos- it becomes possible. And this is like actually really, really powerful technology. Uh, it just needs to be applied in the a, in a right uh, industry for the right assets. And, and ISAs are such assets because uh, this is basically uh, not only gives ability to trade this asset on the secondary market and increase liquidity and actually bring in more capital to education industry, it also allows to split this asset, fractionalize it, and recognize like NFT itself and split the ownership between different stakeholders. Because right. like, uh, imagine uh, if a student uh, uh, has this, like take a nice NFT and the owners of this NFT, not only bootcamp, but also all the mentors, all the teachers in this bootcamp all on the frac- own a fraction of it. Future employer might own a f- fraction by investing on a secondary market, on a, on a on the pr- primary market to these assets. Also mm-hmm. uh, your friends might even own of it because they can invest or yeah. you can just give them this part of, and they will be kind of your shield team which will be supporting you even more you know like uh, if we just add this additional incentives uh, it can really change uh, a lot and this is just the beginning because like we're doing this not uh, just because we want to like uh, put this assets on chain but also because we want to start gathering data about the quality of these assets and basically have a transparent distribution of the quality of the assets uh, on the chain. So you will know better, like, what is the quality of education in any bootcamp, like, it will be transparent index which will be uh, showcasing what is the quality and in specific context. So this is, like, uh, uh, it's more long-term vision but yeah. it just give you an idea why, why it's important, like why it's important to adopt this technology.
0: Yeah, uh, I think this would be a good time to to draw back and take sort of a high-level view of Vidai because you mentioned how it works down at, at the individual, individual asset level. Um, Vidai and the first boot camp. So you, you basically, from the website and from my understanding, you have two groups of people. You have the students that will study at the Web3 Academy and you have investors who will buy shares in this income share agreement. Um, So let's just look at it from an investor perspective first. Um, If I wanted to say, I wanted to make a micro investment in this year's Web3 Academy, I've got uh, 10 grand. I say, I know Alex, I know Parallect, I know these guys are, will do a good job with this boot camp. Mm-hmm. Um, would I be investing in some sort of rolled up fund of all 20 students? Would I have to like pick one student that I would invest in? How 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 do you see it working?
1: Yeah, so the first version will be launched with, where you invest into the kind of this joint fund. Uh, mm-hmm. It's uh, uh, because of more simplicity of this uh, of the thing. Uh and but then you like in future will launch also peer-to-peer investments so you'll be able to invest directly but uh now it's just like the whole fund it also what it gives it gives uh, not only simplicity so you just like you know this is a good company power like they could be track record like or like it's it's a bit die or it's this web academy whatever you invest you know that you will get some uh Returns and average returns for ISA agreements is fifteen percent per year, so like it's quite moderate. Like uh, in Web three, it will be higher, but not much higher. Uh, that means that this is this are investment, not just for. Uh, it's this are not the best investment if you want to make like ten x and and something like this. These are more investment, uh, more conservative, but also these are investment which is uh, very capital efficient because you can invest uh, uh, a lot of capital into specific industry. And this industry will not only, uh, uh, b- b- basically, if you invest in into specific industry like Pepsi 3 you're benefiting from creating more developers, more talent in this industry. And mm-hmm. this is a side effect. And this is why we think it's our h- hypothesis that uh, some companies will be investing into the patches just because they want to uh, get more uh, talent in their industry. And uh, uh, and these like financial returns will not matter just much. Them and but still, it's good to have your money back, and they will yeah. have their money back with some surplus. Yeah. Um, uh, for some students, we think there will be a grants programs, so it's also will be like additional competition between students, but also it's uh, ability to people who are like really really talented to get these things for free or half free, something mm-hmm. like this, uh, uh, without this additional uh, liability. The idea is that we're building infrastructure for bring more capital to the education industry. We want to make like education, like high quality education accessible to anyone. So like uh and uh it's really important to build efficient funding mechanism for this. Uh and I uh, think we once it's done and uh it and once we die is kinda getting like bigger market share, like and uh next uh, uh, advancing to the next stages, it will enable uh like some most talented teachers, best teachers to be working not even for salary, but for a share of these things, of these mm-hmm. recognized says, and will effectively make uh, teachers one of the most wealthy classes uh, uh, of people in the world. So, this is the, and because they deserve it, so the teachers right, deserve right. it. So, this is like very important um, thing for the world to disseminate knowledge and um, to basically give. Education to like next generations and like uh, make sure that these like knowledge which were being developed and accumulated by our society for thousands of years uh, will not be lost.
0: Yeah, and um, I've, this model of having coding boot camps and having an ISA uh, funding structure isn't isn't that unusual. It's been done with traditional financial mechanisms in a couple of different places in the U.S., a couple of different companies have it. Um, I can't remember the one most famous one's name right now.
1: Yeah, pick- Lambda School.
0: Yeah, Lambda School. Uh, but you guys are taking that same sort of approach, but using Web3 infrastructure to... Make it happen, make it more efficient.
1: the thing is that like this I say is not a new thing it's already been for a while it's just like now it's become very popular now, especially in USA, but the thing is that we provide this tool for the boot camps for free, and they can start using it for free, and they can and it's not only better than anything on the market, it's also free for them and uh, it's um uh, will allow to transition to this new, more efficient financial strategies, financial funding models for the bootcamps uh, on massive scale. So mm-hmm. uh, this is an idea. And, and the, the tool itself is open source. Like uh, the the, uh, the the code base, some code base, not all code base of KDAI, but some code base of KDAI is open source. And why we can allow ourselves to do this is because like uh, you might, ask like how we will make money is uh, because we are more interested in getting the network growing and we also have additional incentive from the um, uh, uh, from token side but also there's like uh, ability once we have like this big market on the network in with, with that platform there will be so many options how we can introduce like, some, like some business model, like additional analytics, predictions, uh, yeah. whatever. So there's so many things you can do. And that's why I think like it's not very important to think about how to earn money and start charging people with uh, some subscription fees and, and so on. I think right. it's, uh, it's it matters only to validate their commitment. This is the only value of uh, people paying you money uh, in, in Web3 world, at least.
0: Yeah, and it'd also be beneficial to build that community first, because without the community of students and investors and boot camps running on the actual protocol, you can't do very much. Um, Let's talk quickly about the students that you're looking for at the Web3 Academy and maybe in other boot camps that are going to come after that. who are your ideal candidates? What kind of experience do they already have in coding? And just tell us about what, who you're looking for.
1: Oh, yeah, it's a hard question. So like, um, it's better to address this question, I think, to, uh, to Julia, who is leading the DAI in uh, the Academy right now. Yeah, so if you're a developer in in Warsaw, like if you're an engineer, if you're a student of the last course in in the university in some technical university, so you are as a target audience, and you might have a chance to uh, get a ticket to Web3 World fast track fast track ticket fast, like, track. fast
0: track. All right. Well, I'm sure we're gonna tell everybody much more about that as we get closer to opening up applications and as you guys. Yeah, sure. Build out, build out the launch. Um, I wanna to touch briefly on Parallax Accelerator program because you're an advisor to that. Uh, and that is part of Parallax path to becoming a venture studio and having more of a partnership relationship with more founders around the world rather than a client agency relationship. Um, what excites you about this transformation and how can how do you see yourself helping these founders from the accelerator succeed with the products that they build in the accelerator
1: yeah so um uh first of all i think it's it's an incredibly good idea i think it came to many heads simultaneously so like uh, and we were discussing it for a while as well and uh, and uh, the foundation, basically the motivation is very clear, as I said, like to become a partner to 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 basically transform a business model to make it like more also with more light incentives with the all the stakeholders who are working on building these products uh, and uh, I think Perelect already did a great job uh, on starting accelerator, like Ger uh, was really focused on this thing and uh, and I think the next batch will be even even more exciting. Um, I think we will have some partnership also for the next batch. so We at least discussing it already with guys, and um, we'll, we will see how we can help uh, with these. So I think uh, if uh, I think we let's put it like this: so once we find the model, we will know better how we will be helping not only accelerator. But also the founders from the accelerator. For sure.
0: Well, we're looking, both of the products will be launching in just a few days' time if they've not launched already by the time we publish this video. So, uh, really? Good luck. Congrats. Yeah. yeah. So, they're both very exciting. And uh, thank you for, for your involvement and all the ideas that you probably put towards making the first patch of the accelerator a thing. Um, let's circle back real quick to what's upcoming with Vidai. Is there a timeline already in place for applications and the classes? What are, what's the upcoming events going to be like? Yes,
1: yeah, so we will announce uh, Web3 Academy, which uh, be, will be operated on the Vidai platform. We'll announce it, I think, on October 1st. Uh, mm-hmm. There will, will be an event uh, in uh, in Warsaw, uh, Web3 talks. So mm-hmm. I, I encourage everyone to come. Like it's will be a really cool one. Uh, our CTO will be uh, uh, we will be sharing a story about how he became Web3 developer. It's actually a very fun one. It's um, he has like a lot of fun moments <laughs> in sure. his life. Yeah, about his like uh, career experience and uh, also Lexi will be explaining more what is the web3 um so i think it's just like very good introductionary like uh, um gathering an event for those who want to get to the web3 world or just want to or just curious it's just like it's low low fruit like it's not much time needs to be spent to visit yeah. this event yeah
0: sure all right so that'll be october 1st he said
1: yeah that's right.
0: So in Warsaw, so get there if you are there in in Poland and meet the team, hear about Vida and the winter boot camp. It's going to be this winter, right? yeah, okay. all right, and are there any other upcoming important pieces of news that you want to share before we wrap this up?
1: Um uh, I think that's pretty much it. So just like, uh, if you're curious about what we're building, just follow us uh, on the any of social networks with DAI or uh, DAP. If you want to follow on what everything, what we're building, all the projects, there is like a, uh, a separate uh, thing for this. It's called Collective Intelligence Labs. It's basically decentralized uh-huh. incubator which incubated all the projects we have uh, sure. we can decided to have it like as a um, yeah it's kind of like it's not uh, it's very loosely connected to the projects, but it's uh, the brand which uh, also lays the vision in why we're building like how all these pieces connected why. Vidae, why die why other projects we also have like some others there, so we will be also looking for uh, team members there so if you uh, if you have some friends who want to join either Paralect or uh, one of our company, also feel free to introduce it to, uh, introduce these people to us
0: yeah, awesome and the last question I had really quick uh, before we get kicked out of this meeting room. Um, how can investors get, if they want to get in on this first round of the Web3 Academy in BDI, Um, is there a minimum? Is there a maximum? What is the process for becoming an investor in this ISA program?
1: Yeah, I think it's still to be determined, uh, but mm-hmm. it will be uh, available for anyone. It will be a public one. Uh, and um, the process is still to be determined. I think uh, there will be... Uh, if there will be a minimum, it will be still rather s- small amount mm-hmm. so that anyone can participate. Um, yeah, but I think it will be like really fast sale because of uh, some partners. So, yeah, just uh, keep an eye on it. And all right. uh, yeah.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much, Alex, for taking some time to talk with us about all things Web3. D.I.P., Vidai, your history at Parallact. It's been really great to catch up with you. And I hope that I can see you again and we can catch up in person either in, in Warsaw or here in the future.
1: In the future, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah looking forward to seeing you like uh, and shaking your hand like we haven't done it for a while.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, have a great week. Thanks for coming on. Thank you,
1: too. Cheers.